Hey team of Eternal Optimists, it's Matt Rincon here. And before we launch into today's epic conversation, I've got a big announcement. Drum roll, please. My brand new book is coming out on March 8th. And perhaps even better news, you can get it for only 99 cents on Amazon that day. We don't run ads on the show. And if you ever want to give back and support the Eternal Optimist community, go to Amazon on March 8th and get the Kindle version for only 99 cents. Just search for the book title, The Eternal Optimist. It's never too late. And you can download it directly to your device. Now, let's get to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Eternal Optimist podcast. My name is Matt Drenkon, and I am the host with the most. If when you think the most is someone who brings to you every single time you listen to this podcast, you're going to hear someone that has a challenging story, how they overcame that challenge, and how then since they've learned to take that and play offense in life and spread a positive message in the world. That's all we're about, spreading hope and a you-can-do-it-too attitude. We have cool guests on here that have amazing stories to tell. We ask good questions and you're gonna learn something from this. So I encourage you to have your antennas up as we listen to today's episode. Before we get into that, I wanna encourage you to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Eternal Optimist Podcast, those two accounts, and also on YouTube at The Eternal Optimist. Check out those accounts right now here in May, 2023. I do a live stream every morning at 7 a.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday. Please jump, join me for 10 or 15 minutes every morning, but we're gonna go through how to be an eternal optimist, share real life stories uh, in the trenches of how things are challenging and we're overcoming those and using them to our advantage. Please check us out, look forward to it. And anyway, you can do a rating and a review. It is much appreciated. You are much appreciated, uh, loyal followers uh, in the audience. Thank you. Now, without any further ado, let's go into my introduction of the episode today. Our guest is Mr. Casey Stubbs. Casey Stubbs. Casey's daily intention is to be a blessing to someone. I met him when Miss Rena Friedman Watts of an earlier episode introduced me to Casey, said, he's the man, you've got to meet him. So we brought him on. He's the genius behind tradingstrategyguides.com. Check that out. His mission is to train people to be can you read my own writing here? To train people to be financially free through a step-by-step education. He scaled an eight-figure company teaching people how to trade. He's the host of the How to Trade It podcast. He's got a tremendous sense of humor, as you'll see. One cool thing about Casey is that he is down to earth, incredibly down to earth, easy to be around. He shares that in this episode, learning lessons and, and growing a company rapidly, and then having to do half the business the following year because he couldn't keep up with the growth. He had to read an article, how to make $1,000 a month online. He did that and then he turned that into his empire. Just imagine that, he read an article, how to make $1,000 a month online. And since then he's turned that into a bustling eight-figure company. So consider that. If you've ever wanted to learn how to take something from the internet and then turn it into a system and a process to do it, Casey walks us through how. He shares this quote, Well, he shares his quote, big, huge document master plan. That is what he calls his big, his big document and how he puts a box around himself in his calendar and uses discipline to create his freedom. He talks about how he has his team keep him on track, how he thinks about managing all of his priorities and, and saving the best for last, how he does all of this while being happily married with nine children, nine. 
his philosophies around exponential growth versus exponential burying uh, in the J curve of entrepreneurship. He's got some really cool philosophies here that you'll learn. We had a fun time talking about podcasting, business, parenting, you know, the woman, Rena, who connected us, who's also amazing for connections. Well, she has shared with him that this is going to be a great conversation. I promise you, this one's going to be a fun one. A lot of learning tidbits in this one, my friends. Hope you enjoy. Let's roll straight into this conversation with Mr. Casey Stubbs. Hello, and welcome to the Eternal Optimist Podcast, the show for optimists by optimists. This is the show for people who see the good in the world and want to make a positive difference in the lives of their families and communities. Each week, you'll hear inspiring stories that will get you thinking bigger and playing more offense in life. With your host and high-performance coach, Matt Drinkon. Welcome to the show, Casey. It's great to have you on. You've been a podcaster for five years. I'm about to hit my one-year anniversary, and I feel awesome about it. I also feel kind of small, too, because I get people on the show that have like tens of thousands and millions of downloads, and they have this very popular show, and I'm just about to hit 10,000 downloads. So what advice might you have for a podcaster out there? Because I know a number of them listen to the show. What's advice for someone who's in their first year from a seasoned veteran like you? Well, congratulations on your first year. That's great. You're already ahead of the game because most people don't even make it a few months. So you're ahead of the curve. I would say the first thing to do is start small, celebrate many wins, 10,000 downloads. That's really awesome. And focus on who you can help with your show. You know, if you can help one person, then is it worth keep it going? And I would say yes, yes. I obviously had big goals when I wanted to start out, but along the way, I'm just trying to impact one person at a time. Awesome. Awesome. Originally, why did you start your podcast? If you could tell us a little bit about your podcast, love to hear a little bit about it, Casey. So my show is called How to Trade It. And I interview traders, expert traders that make money from the markets. And the idea is to get insight and wisdom from them on how to duplicate some of their success from the markets because it can be a challenging and dangerous place. And the reason why I started it was because I went to a conference called Traffic and Conversion Summit in San Diego, California. It's a, the, one of the biggest marketing conferences around. And they said in 2018 that this is the year of the podcast and you must start one. And so... I did that around my information marketing business, which is trading education. And so I launched it without really knowing what I was doing, just kind of going off what the big hot item was at the time. And it's turned out to be one of the coolest things that I've ever done. Sweet. What's cool about having your podcast? Well, you know, honestly, Matt, it's being able to meet people like you. We were just talking and you were sharing about how the great conversation that you had right before we talked. And that's really what it's all about for me. I love meeting people and it's helped me out tremendously. Some of the relationships I've developed and it's even generated some really cool experiences. I had one guy after being on the show, we started chatting and he's like, hey, I want to surprise you. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, we're hosting this 
trading conference and it's $10,000 a seat and it's hosted on a private island in the Great British Virgin Islands and I'd like to give you and your wife a ticket to show up to this conference. Would you like to go? <laughs> and I'm like, what? sure, I would like to go. What a sale. And so I went, wow. it was awesome. Yes. Wow. Wow. Well, that's fantastic. You love the relationship part of it. So why is that? What is it about the relationship part of it that's enriching for you? It turns out into real life experiences, right? So it's friendships. It's just like real life. You know, you make friends and then you do things together. And it can be hard when you're far away. Recently, I was a guest on a show and the guy gave me tickets to PodFest, which was in Orlando. And I ended up going there. I met all kinds of cool people. And it was just so much fun. And we ended up rooming together. He's like, I'm going to PodFest. Do you want to split a room with me? And I don't even really know the guy, but I'm thinking this sounds cool. So let's do it. So I did it. And it was we <laughs> nice. had so much fun. Awesome, man. Awesome. I, a friend of mine who's a big podcaster, her name is Jenny Bellinger. She has the Badass Direct Sales Mastery podcast. She just emailed me and is like, hey, we got this thing coming up in November. It's called Podcasters at Sea. It's like a big cruise for a bunch of podcast people. Have you heard of this yet? No, I have not. I have not either. I've heard of PodFest and I, I'm starting to get excited to do these podcasting events because I'm like, you're one a newbie, just really excited about podcasting in general. So, Thank you for the inspiration, my new friend. This is good. <laughs> You're this welcome. Good. Let's take it back to one of the questions I love to ask guests. Casey, a lot of people see people that are on podcasts and people have their own shows and they have businesses. They see them as, man, it's, I will never be able to get there. They've got it figured out. And many times people don't realize that successful people, they're like ducks under the water. They're going 100 miles an hour and they have their own share of stuff. And I'd love to share with the audience, whatever you're willing to, what is something in your life that you could start right now or you can go back to childhood? Just what's something for you that has been very challenging and caused some really good learning lessons for you in your life? Well, I would say that my business is a huge challenge. Honestly, I've had so many ups and downs that it's been really tough. You got to learn so much. It challenges you a lot, which I like all of that stuff. But when you're really getting squeezed and money's getting tight and you launch new things and plans don't work and it's really hard and you have to maybe let people go and you just don't know if you're even going to make it, but you're just going to keep pushing through and not give up until you absolutely have to shut the doors. That's the hard stuff, but it's great learning. And I'm even in that right now, you know, I grew really fast. I jumped up, which is a great story. Like, yay, I made a lot of money. I made it like in my first third year of business, I crossed the $1.2 million in sales. So that was pretty good as a rookie, not knowing what I was doing. But that's the problem is I didn't really know what I was doing. But in my mind, I'm thinking, wow, I'm going to hit 20 million. I'm going to hit 100 million. I'm just going to keep going. But then you just keep hitting all these things. You start making more decisions and then you end up you get overextended and that 1.2 million you hit the next year you're only at 600,000 and wow. you have to start cutting and it's really painful and you had all these big goals and you're letting people go and you told them that you were going to do all these great things and you're going to say well sorry we're cutting it's just really hard you know it's really tough i got one little quick tip i know i've been talking a lot i want to kick it back to you but one thing i learned recently as an entrepreneur i love to do stuff 
And that's my biggest weakness. It's a strength and a weakness. Like I can do this, I can do that, I can do this. But one of my mentors recently talked about something called the J curve. So if you think about the letter J, it goes underwater, right? It goes under and then it comes up. And whenever you start something new, you have to realize that it's going to go under for a little bit before you achieve the required results like the letter J. And that was something that I would launch something and then I would launch something else and I would launch something else. And when you're underwater and then you launch a new thing and that takes you even further underwater and then you'd launch a new thing and it takes you even further underwater, you can get pretty buried pretty fast rather than waiting for that thing to come up and you hit the results that you want. And then you add something else, add another J curve. That's how exponential growth happens. But one of the things that I started to practice was exponential burying. I'm just digging that hole and I'm digging it deeper and deeper and deeper. And I think I'm going to do something great. But I learned only do one thing at a time. When you have success, then you start adding new things. Mm, Okay. So I'm taking a couple notes here. One of them is Casey Stubbs, the expert of exponential burying. Uh, great title for a podcast episode. Never heard that one before. No, but in all seriousness, that's awesome to hear. 14 years of business in the first three, you scaled it to 1.2 million. Then they went back and contracted a little bit in the fourth year. I wonder, is this your main business now? Is it that same business that you grew it's so rapidly? It's the same business. I'm, st- I'm still here and you know I'm still doing pretty good now. And finally, after 14 years, I think I might be ready for my extreme explosion. Oh, oh, well, as far as the J curve goes, have you felt that you've reached this level where you understand the mechanics of the business and you're ready to start something else? Or I could be saying, you you already have like five other businesses. You've already done this like a bunch of times. I mean, where are you now in that? Well, I'm at the point now where I've learned how to plan for new stuff. Because to grow, you really do have to either take what you're doing and just keep making it better and better or launch something new. And it's usually a kind of a combination of something of both maybe, but I've learned how to plan that in advance, how to know how long, how to prepare, how long I might be underwater. I've learned to have proper margins to prepare. Like I'm not going to launch something when I don't have the funds available, how to know when to cut it off when it's not working and try something new. A lot of little stuff that you really have no idea how to do until you experience it a few times. I think that's great wisdom for anyone listening who is thinking of being an entrepreneur or they're in their first company and things are going great. You don't know what you don't know until it happens. And this is advice from a seasoned entrepreneur around planning in advance, prepping with margins to prepare for tough times, knowing when to cut it off. These are all great lessons that I'm sure you've learned as an entrepreneur a time or two. So good to hear. Good to hear. Well, I'd love to ask you this. If the challenge that you share with us right now is that you love to do all kinds of stuff and that you have understood the J curve or the exponential growth, exponential burying, I wonder, are there any challenges that you can go further back in time and point to that really pointed you towards being entrepreneur? Like any challenges growing up or in your early years in business that made you say, you know what? I have to go and be an entrepreneur and do my own thing. You know, or have you always been an entrepreneur? I've been in that mindset for a long time, even when I was young. School was probably the start of it because 
I don't know where you stand, Matt, but I was a guy that couldn't handle being in school. It was literally like torture for me. I just hated it with a passion. It was just terrible, right? And so just sticking in school was a big, big challenge for me. And I couldn't really understand the purpose of it. And when I got out of high school, I didn't know what to do. I had no clue. And so I joined college. I was like starting up with college. And I'm like, after doing that for about three months, why did I join college when I hated school anyways? Yes. Because I didn't really know what else to do. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's like, that's what everybody seemed to be doing. So I did it. And it's like, oh, this is terrible. Well, I ended up running into an army recruiter and he's like, you need to get out of here. And I'm like, you're right. And so I signed up and joined the army. And that was much better than school because I was able to go out and do things and experience great things and accomplish things. And so that really helped me get started into entrepreneurship, I think. By joining the army, that's what got you into entrepreneurship. How did you make that connection? Well, because... I was able to really see the world. I was able to travel. I was experiencing a lot of great stuff. I was able to learn how to grow by climbing the military ranking structure, learning how procedures worked, learning a lot about systems. The systems that they have in the military are fantastic because they're dealing with so many different things, logistics and supply lines and personnel. Like They have systems for everything and they're really well executed. How did that translate into your first entrepreneurial venture? Well, that actually turned out to get me started into trading because I was on my own for the first time and my dad taught me a little bit about trading, not a ton, but I learned from him because I was watching what he was doing. And so I would take most of my revenue that I was earning in the army. And back then, this was in 1996. Back then, I'm a new enlistee made $800 a month in the military, which is not a ton, but they pay for your food. They pay for your housing, your medical, you get all that. So there's a lot of benefits. But I took almost, I don't know exactly how much, but I took most of it and invested it into the markets. And so I signed up for a four-year clip and when I got out of the military, I had over $30,000 in my stock account. Wow. Okay. Please and continue. And so that was in 2000. <laughs> wow. So that's like in today's money, you know, with inflation, that's like $70,000 in revenue. So that taught me, again, I just learned about investing, learned about trading. I The timing was really good because the market was great at that point. And then I took all that money out and I invested it in a business as soon as I got out because I didn't want to work for someone. I tried it for like a very short period of time, and I bought a carpet cleaning franchise. Wow. Okay, okay, okay. So you got out of the military. You've learned in the background. This is going to be an important part of the whole plot line. You learned trading. You had money. That sounds amazing. And then you went to work for someone out of the military for a very short stint. What was it that made you determine that this isn't for me, working for someone else for that short period of time? I think it's just a vision thing. I'm very fortunate. That's my gifting is I like to think big picture. I love thinking big picture. Like, okay, why am I doing this when I could run the whole business? Why am I doing this when I could do something on my own? And I just always have big goals. And I'm very fortunate to have that 
personality trait, really. I, I can't like say there was a specific thing that like, oh, I need to do this. It was just, I always looked big, always was thinking big. Well, why carpet business franchise? What appealed to you about that? Well, nothing really, except that was the first job I got was carpet cleaning. And my boss would, I would see exactly how much money he was making. Again, I'm just, I'm looking that he's making like $500 a day and he would show up and tell me where to go. He's like, okay, you go here and here and here and clean this carpet. And then I would bring him home $500. And then he had like three vans and there were three guys doing that. So that's like, okay, he's making $1,500 a day. And he literally shows up, gives me my assignment in the first minute, and then he's done. I'm thinking, okay, I know what side I want to be on here. Yes, yes. But it wasn't meant to be long in that particular business. So you got there, you figured some things out, you left. And then did we start the empire? Did it begin then? Yeah, pretty much. Not too much longer after that. I ended up going back into the military because I was in the reserve. So I did four years of active and then I did the weekend reserve thing. And I ended up getting called back to Iraq. And so I spent like over a year, like a year and a half on that because it was time to prep for the deployment. Then when I was there, I was there a year plus it took time. So when I got back from that, that's when I started the online business because the carpet cleaning business kind of ended while I was gone. Oh, understood. Understood. So you're back from Iraq. You're not in the carpet cleaning business. You're starting your first business. What time is this, by the way? What is this? This is 14 years ago? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. About 2008. Okay. 2008. So about 2008, you started the business. So let's take present Casey in the moment and let's go and and teleport him back in time to 14 years ago, Casey. First of all, did you have such a glorious beard back then or is this something new? (laughs) (laughs) I actually never grew the beard until after I was out of the military. So 2008, it was when it started. And now I couldn't imagine myself without a beard. It just would be hideous. It would be disgusting. I hate you and I love you at the oh, same time. My wife doesn't like that it's gray. She says she feels like she's with someone who's old. <laughs> okay. Well, if that's the worst thing, I'm like I heard from Reed Hoffman and Tim Ferriss' Tools of Titans, I am perfectly willing to accept that. All right. And by the way, I have beard envy because as a 45-year-old man who does not grow facial hair, I'm really envious of that. But let's take you back to the time machine. You're going back from right now, back to 14 years ago, 2008. Casey, what are two things that you'd love to go and tell 14 years ago, Casey, if you could? I think the biggest thing is to slow down and do one thing at a time. I mean, honestly... It's crazy how I try to launch so many things at once really causes a lot of stress and it causes you to seize up like you're spinning wheels, spinning wheels, spinning wheels. You don't get any traction. You don't go anywhere. Do one thing at a time and just take it a little bit slower. By the way, had 14 years ago, no bearded Casey met this wonderful starlet that you call wife. Have you met yet at that time, 14 years ago? Or Yeah, we were married for a couple of years, a couple of years. We've been married 18 years. So four years, we were married before that. 18 years. Okay, so I'd like to give you an opportunity here to glorify your wife. What's the most amazing thing you can share about your wife on a podcast today? Well, you know, she is an all-star. I'm very blessed and excited. I do have nine children. And so with her 
staying home watching the kids. For her to do that is pretty miraculous. Did it, let me just check the dial here. Did you say nine, nine children? I do. Oh. Ages 24 to 10. 24. To 10. And so my wife and I were married. She had two kids. They were six. I adopted them. They were twins. So I adopted them after we got married. And then we had five kids together. And then we adopted two kids along the way. Oh, and I love you even more now. That's amazing. That might have contributed the color of the beard, but <laughs> with a lot of love. Uh, okay. Well, so you're married for a couple of years, you start the business. And what was that like for you? Like the first three years you shared, it shot up, it seems pretty quick, and then back and forth. So what was that like for you the first few years of business, if you could? Yeah, it was really exciting because so what happened was, if you remember, I had invested as a young man. And so I wanted to get back into that because I never really stopped doing that. I thought, you know what, I'm just going to start a website. I didn't know anything about internet marketing, but I was computer savvy. I built a website in my teens in the 90s. And this is another little nugget that I think people should really hang on to. I found an article on the web called it was on a website called associateprograms.com. And the title was how to make $1,000 a month online. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to try what this article says. So I started a website, I wanted to make it about trading. And I was just writing articles about the markets. And I was following all of the instructions on how to make $1,000 a month. And so I was doing that I just followed the steps. And then by the end of the year, I was making enough money that I never had to go back to work again. Huh. By following the steps that it shared with you. That seems like it's kind of counterintuitive, though, to the Casey that I've just met who has the shiny object syndrome, who likes to go build, go build, go build, go build everywhere. But you actually followed the steps and it worked. So congrats, man. That's awesome. That's a great place to be. Well, thank you. And you're right. It is because I like to do a lot of stuff, but there is something in me that likes processes. And so when I see a step-by-step -step checklist, like that actually excites me a little bit. So if you see a list, a step-by-step -step list, go try it out and see what happens. Because I, a lot of people have come back to me later and they said, you've been so successful how help me be successful? And I said, well, read this article and do what it says. And nobody ever does it. And I don't know why it's to me, it just seems so easy. And even though that's older, it's dated things in the, you know, they have social media stuff that doesn't even exist nowadays. <laughs> it's still applicable, right? It's still very similar. Not a whole lot has changed. Mm. Uh, stuff that doesn't exist like MySpace. Well, do you still things have a MySpace like that and page? a lot of <laughs> things like and there's platforms that are in existence now that weren't even dreamed of then TikTok and things like that and the same thing can be said as from podcasting how to make a thousand dollars a month in your podcast step by step something like that okay okay well when you started your first business here 14 years ago did you have a step-by-step -step list of how to do it or were you kind of running and gunning and figuring out as you went along or how did you think about that I just followed this guy's article. It was a pretty extensive article, and I just used that. Oh, got it. So that is 
how you built the business. And that is the business of which we are speaking. Okay, got it. Clear. All right, right. Clear. So you did it. You built it. Three years in, you get to the seven figure of revenue mark, crushing it, and then it contracts. Why did it contract? Or do you understand what was the mechanism that caused it to contract? My personality. I wasn't consistent. Too aggressive. Trying to grow too fast. Trying to launch. And it's funny because we look at, at least I do, I look at Facebook. Facebook is a very rare example of a company that goes from zero to 100 billion in two years, right? So I say, well, if Facebook can do it, I can do it. You know, and it's so unique and so rare. I don't know much about Mark Zuckerberg, but I got to give him a lot of credit for him to build something to go from zero to the billions that fast. Really got to give the guy a lot of credit. Yeah. I heard Reed Hoffman on his Master's Scale podcast in his first season when he had Mark Zuckerberg. He was telling a story about him or Mark created before he got to college and created Facebook. He created a, a website at home or a social media network at home called Zucknet. Have you ever heard that episode or heard the story about Zucknet? No. Yeah. Before the Facebook, before that movie, that was a cool movie. And before he created it, he created his own network at home. It was his house network. They called it Zucknet. He had experience building that. And it's interesting because he built that at home first. Then he got the idea, somehow created Facebook, but it started small. So I wonder what you started with a step-by-step list that helped you, have you expanded on that? Or if you kept it at its roots, a very simple process in your business, where are you on that? Yeah. So had I been a little more steady, I might not have experienced the big ups and downs that I did. And so right now I'm in a nice growth phase and I think I'm going to get to the $20 million a year in the next five years. I really feel like I have a solid plan for that. And I think it's going to happen because I'm just doing one thing at a time. I've got a big master plan. I've got a nice, huge document. It's like one of those uh, mind map things. <laughs> yes, yes. But I'm only okay. doing one thing at a time. Because I have such issues with running around and trying to go after shiny objects, I kind of put boxes around myself. And so one of the things I've done is I've got a big, huge plan, big, big box. But then I have little tiny boxes where I'm, okay, this is the one project we're working on for this quarter. And I just put that in there. One big project. That's it. And I can't work on anything else. Then I break it down to weekly. I have weekly schedule. And then I even have a daily schedule. I didn't develop this on my own. I've had mentors help me. But I color code my time. So I have yellow boxes for free time. I have green boxes for money-making time. I have red boxes for admin, and then I have blue for strategy and planning. All of my days, so I've got my workouts planned. I've got my meal times planned. Like Every minute of my day is planned every day. And by putting myself in this box, it helps me just stay on path. And now a quick break for a sponsor. Today's sponsor of the Eternal Optimist podcast is a shout out to one of my favorite podcasts and host who has made an impact in my life. It's the Better Call Daddy podcast with the electrifying Rena Friedman Watts hosting. Not only did Rena guest on this show, my show in January 2023, she also recommended me to our guest today, Mr. Casey Stubbs. 
She's made numerous connections for this host. She's active on LinkedIn and Twitter, spreading positive energy and asking thoughtful questions. She runs multiple businesses while being an active mom to four kids and an engaged wife to her awesome husband. Her podcast is all about the good common sense wisdom she's gained from having a supportive and amazing father. And let me tell you, I've heard her father speak, and he is amazing, amazing man. If you're looking for a positive message with nuggets of wisdom sprinkled everywhere throughout that you can use in your life and help you make good decisions and smile more often, then check out the Better Call Daddy podcast with Rena Friedman Watts. Now, back to the show. I wonder when... Life happens and nine kids happen and business happens. And everything just comes at you at once. When you get off the path, how do you get back on or what happens when you get off that ideal plan? Well, Matt, I feel like putting myself, it's counterintuitive and it's, I don't know what you want to call it, a paradox. It doesn't make sense, but I feel like the more structure and boundaries that I have, the more freedom I have. And I don't know exactly how it works. It doesn't make sense, but I can give you a little story of why I think this works. A lot of people don't want to put a box on themselves. They don't want any boundaries. I took my wife on a little vacation for our 10th anniversary. I planned literally every minute of the vacation, what time we were getting up, what time we were eating, where we were going. I literally planned every minute. And the biggest miracle is that my wife actually agreed to go along with it. I was kind of shocked. But I had it planned so perfectly that at one point, one event and ended a little bit early. And because I had the schedule so well that I was actually able to fit in a bonus activity. Oh, because something, nice. something fell through, one thing ended early. But because my schedule was so good, it gave me an opportunity to do more. And I feel like when we're running our businesses, if we are really structured with our time and we plan it well, we will actually end up accomplishing more than what we planned originally. Yeah, I actually agree with you. I love the way you did that. And something that just triggered my mind, I think about Jocko Willing's book, Discipline Equals Freedom. And I think about what you're saying right now. I completely agree from someone who is incredibly process driven. I believe that that structure does allow that freedom because we know what we're going to do. I don't have to think about it next. I don't have to think about, for example, what I'm going to wear tomorrow, because literally this may sound really obsessive to some people. So just get ready. We're going down the rabbit hole team every day. You know, I've got the drawer up there. I've got the five tank top t-shirts I'm going to wear Monday through Friday. I've got six overwhelming, six choices of t-shirts I can wear on the weekend. Normally I just wear two of them, you know, but it is so regimented and I feel that's freedom. Some people say it's rigid and confining. I find it com freedom. I don't see it any other way. Matt, I love that. I celebrate that. Congratulations. You and I would probably get along well. <laughs> uh, well, before we go that far, before we go that far, because you do have the beard. I always have beard envy, uh, but I, I do appreciate <laughs> I'm not that. shaving it. My wife tells me to, but I'm not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I also want to go back and comment on you know your big, huge document, the master plan, because you're talking about color coding your calendar. This is such a... I would say it's such a tiny little detail or a nugget that the listener may have missed it, but check it out, team. I love the way that you look at yellow is free, green, I call it revenue time, pay time. You've got green is pay time. We have that color in common. The rest of them, we don't have the same colors, but you've got green is pay time. You've got red is admin and you've got blue as strategy and planning time. And I wonder, do you track the percentage of time you're in each as a function of the efficiency of your growth engine or efficiency of your business? Am I correct 
you say you color code your time also? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's great. Okay. So no, if you have done that, if you've done the percentage of your time that you just described, is that something that you do? Or are you just curious I if I do it? You do. I, so tell me a little bit about it, if you don't mind. Well, also, I'll go backwards a time where this really hit me straight dead in the face. It was three years ago. A friend of mine, Adam Stock, was speaking at our Front Row Dads Summit in January. And he was talking about, we're all family men with businesses. At least we claim to be family men with businesses. We were I can't speak for everyone, but I was a businessman with a family and I was dedicated and really ambitious working diligently towards the business. And Adam challenged us with this. He said, take a look at your calendar. And when you go at your calendar with your family planning, with the same level of intensity you go with your business planning, then you'll really be a family man with the business. So I already had everything color-coded for the business. I look at the family time, which is orange for me. There's two oranges on the Outlook calendar. One of them I call fun family time, and one of them I call networking time. But I looked at my fun family time, and it wasn't there. And when I actually did look at the times I did have for family, which was literally from 5 to 7 p.m. on the weeknights, and like all day on Saturday and Sunday, I was cheating on my family by going over five o'clock and working. And I still had my handheld device out. So I started to look at this as a real mission in Q1 of 2020. And then, of course, COVID happened as well. So we had the opportunity to really be around the family even more. I looked at it and said, I do want to color code this where if I'm really a family man with the business, then the amount of time with my family should be equal to or greater than the time of the business. And there are seasons for everything, so it's not always going to be that way, but let's work towards that. When you talk about color coding, and what I think about is that journey of trying to get to the place where my color code is equidistant or the same, and then eventually overtaking it. And my business is currently in that scaling place where trying, not trying. We will get there. We're not there yet, though. We're almost at 50% family, 50% business. That is awesome. That's what comes to mind. That is so good. That's just great, Matt. And I'm going to probably take some of that away because I have just free time and I don't have the family. I need to do that. So I'm going to really take that away. I think that's really cool. I think this is a big trap for business people is they want to start business and they want to do it for freedom, but they end up becoming slaves to the business. The business runs them and they don't run the business. And that is one of the most difficult things to break free from. And that's again, why this schedule planning is so critical and you have to honor your schedule. Because if you're like, oh, I'll just be late for work. And the next thing you know, you're working until nine o'clock. It just doesn't work. And the thing that's really miraculous about your schedule planning, this is so powerful. When you put yourself into a box and you say, this is the only amount of time I have to work in the business, you actually get ultra productive. The amount of productivity that comes out of that small amount of time will really shock you. Mm. Yes, thousand percent agree. So let's go back in time a little bit. I remember in March 2020, where I live in North Carolina, we had the stay-at-home order start right at or around March 19th of 2020. And when that happened, we had a full-time like childcare that came to the house every day. A nanny came to the house. She couldn't come anymore. And my wife, she worked downtown, like 20-minute, 30-minute drive downtown, Charlotte. She couldn't go to work anymore. Now all of a sudden. It's us and the kids are all around us all the time. So we really were forced to go to a place where instead of me working all day virtually here at home, which I've been doing for a decade, now kids are here. And she's got a full-time job. I have a full-time job. So we had to really get good at what you just described. So my coaching time 
really forced me to look at all the inefficiencies in the schedule and get really good at what you just described, you know, at getting good at blocking your time because we were forced to. We were forced to. Was there a time in your business where you had to take a real serious look at where you were, where you were spending your time that led you to the box? What box thinking was it year four? Was that what caused you to birth this document, this master plan? I don't know if there was like a time, but it started from day one because there's always got to be a reason why. There's time management, and you're probably all over this, Matt, but there's time management, but there's also what I think is even more important than time management, which is priority management. Why are you in business? Why do you do what you do? What is your priority? And so your priority has to match your calendar. If your priority is family time, that, you know, you need to be real with yourself and say, okay, is the, am I really in business for my family? Then is my, or am I lying to myself? What does my calendar say? I was in business for freedom. And so I have to really honor that with my priorities. And most people don't get there. And I'm not putting any judgment on anyone because it's really hard to do. I'm just very fortunate that I have caught on to it. I want to appreciate you for your statement that there's no judgment. I think that some people might hear the conversation and think that we're talking like we have it all figured out. I don't know if we have anything figured out. We're simply like everyone else. I'm a hot uh, out mess. Here. <laughs> yeah, we, we've got our stuff. We've all got our stuff. Yeah. We certainly haven't figured it out. Maybe some things are better than others, but it's from a judgment-free place. It's simply sharing our experience. I appreciate you for that. I say out loud, I appreciate you. I don't know. I just wrote my notes here. I love you. I don't know what that means, but I do love you and I do appreciate you. <laughs> Maybe it's the beard. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. So you have a place where your business in year three, four, the challenge, and now you see a runway where you can get to be like five or 10 times that size. I wonder what are the biggest challenges or hurdles that you can foresee might be in your way right now? You know, the biggest thing for me is probably still making sure that I stay on track. We talk about being fortunate. I'm just very, very blessed. My family is wonderful and my team members are wonderful. I just have a very deep appreciation for my team members and I'm like, because <laughs> they have to deal with me. I sometimes get all the glory, but they are the ones that make it happen. And so they stick with me even when I'm acting crazy. It's really good that I have just a solid team. So the biggest thing is that I stay in place. I got people to manage me, help me stay on track, make sure I don't get too carried away. But I, I'm excited. I don't see any obstacles other than me. I think I'm the obstacle. <laughs> I think I'm the obstacle. Yeah, I have so much vision that it's, like I said, 20 million. I think we could get to 20 million, but I really have a lot of vision even beyond that. My vision isn't just about making money, but really, really accomplishing some things in life. Please tell us more. What comes up when we say Casey's vision? Well, I want to grow the business. I want to impact people. So one of the things that I do is I train people to become financially free. Freedom is great. And just like in business, what we talk about, you got to put boundaries on your money. If you don't put the same kind of time management and business management and plan management stuff, you got to do that with your finances to be free. To be free, you have to have 
restrictions. Freedom comes from restrictions. It doesn't make sense, but that's how it is. So teaching people to be financially free. And I just want to work with people and training them in all different areas of things that I've learned, teaching business people, teaching people to be financially free. I just have a passion for that. So first of all, what is the website I would go to or how would I find out more about what you're doing? If I'm interested at this point in this discussion, our listeners are hearing this. How do I find out more? Well, the place to connect with me is at my website, tradingstrategyguides.com. And from there, you can get access to all of my social platforms and whatever I'm doing. I have email marketing and social marketing from that location at tradingstrategyguides.com. It's a great place to not just learn. You can learn about me, but I have a lot of trading education. Learn about the markets there. Okay. So let's say I'm a listener. I'm incredibly interested, but I'm also a little bit scared or a little bit fearful because trading sounds like such a complex, complicated, hard thing to do. And I don't know really where to start. How do you make it easy for me? That's one of the great things. I think my website is one of the best at having solid step-by-step education. There's some really beginning stuff, even one basic one called what is trading that breaks you down all the beginning aspects of trading. It's not that complicated. There is a lot of things that you need to know. Just like everything else, there's a lot of things you need to know. But once you build your foundation. It's really not that complex. Got it. So there you have it, listeners. It's simple and anyone can do it. Even a caveman can do it. This is sponsored by Geico. It's not really sponsored by Geico, but uh, you can do it. Solid step-by-step <laughs> education. Uh, don't want to offend the Geicos of the anyone world. Anyone can do it. You're right, Matt. You're anyone right. Can anyone do can it. host a podcast. It's not easy, but anyone <laughs> can do it. I'm proof of that. Anybody can do it. <laughs> Casey has a nice beard, so he can do it too. It's been great connecting. I don't want to stop, but we're about 45 to 50 minutes in. I'd love to, what is it that we've not talked about yet around your business that we might share if there's anything else that we're missing? Oh, well, I don't know. Let me think about that. That's a good question. That's the hard question. What did I forget? (laughs) I think the summary statement, I don't know if we forgot anything, but the summary statement is that Anyone can do it. You just have to be willing to pay the cost. And the rewards are great because it will give you freedom if that's what you want. If you want to get the freedom, if you want to be, you know, not everybody wants freedom. Some people want to be slave to the business or whatever. They want to work 50 hours a week or 100 hours a week. If you want that, that's available too. (laughs) Okay, good. Good. Well, Casey, tell me, you gave us the website. It's tradingstrategyguides.com. That's how we find out more. That's where we come to sign up in the solid step-by-step list can help you become a trader. What other places might we find you? We start there. Anything else out there? Podcast, books, anything else? Well, the How to Trade It podcast is, I didn't mention that. It's a great place to get started listening in to my interviews. I interview people. Sometimes I'll just do a solo episode. Most of the episodes are interviews, but that's a great place to get education. You can locate it at the website too, how to trade it or not, tradingstrategyguides.com. There's a link to the podcast there, but you can always listen in, ask questions. We try to be very responsive to our listeners and get feedback from them. Awesome. 
Awesome. Well, you've been an excellent guest. So I would like to invite you to continue to the lightning round of three random questions that are meant to challenge and tease and bring out the best of Casey Stubbs. So will you accept that challenge? Yes. Yes, I will. Okay. Okay. No one's ever said no. I don't know if I should frame that as a yes or no question. Even if I fall <laughs> on my face, what's the worst that can happen? <laughs> Eternity. And wait, wait. All, only good thing is going to happen here. I promise. You need to uh, set it up with a little more. There needs to be a little more uh, downside here. Like if you fail, you have to close your business down or something. If you fail, you must shave the beard. No. Oh, no, uh, oh okay. Okay, I'm still down. <laughs> There's some serious repercussions. No, I've got this big fancy Rodecaster Pro set up over here. I want to push a button or something that when we say lightning round, some lightning sounds come up. I, Riverside I has that. I know you're using Riverside. That's what I use. It yeah. has like sound effects. That's another, or I would lack the discipline and go down the rabbit hole of looking for sound effects. So maybe if my production team can tell me, just where's the button? I just need someone to tell me what to do, basically. I need bumper rails. You could like just try to scare your guests with it, too. You could be like, you do the lightning noise real loud and just scare me. And then say, that's the lightning <laughs> that, that could be it. That could be it. That could be a new format. Somebody out there is probably a shock podcaster. They probably have that. So here's the first question. The name of our podcast is the Eternal Optimist Podcast. When I say Eternal Optimist, what does Eternal Optimist mean to you? Oh, boy. That's good. The eternal optimist, the eternal optimist. I would say that it means that you try to maintain a positive attitude no matter what is coming your way, no matter what. You just maintain that great positive attitude. And so I could talk about this for just a little bit. I know this is light. Is there a time limit on the lightning round? Does that mean I have to talk in like 10 seconds? 10 oh, second no. sound bites? No, no. We've got at least 30 more seconds to go. So you know, take your time. No, no, we have time. We have time. <laughs> so one of the things, one of the guys that I have read, his name is James Stockdale. He was a prisoner in Vietnam. And he said that the optimists would always die first. He was in like prison for seven years in a Vietnamese prison camp. He said the optimists always died first. And it was because they would say, oh, I'm getting out by Christmas. And when that passed, they would get depressed. And then they would start to go downhill. Or they'd say Christmas. And then they'd say, I'm getting out by Easter. And they would get depressed. And so he said it was always the optimists that would, would fade and he still believed in optimist, but his definition was a little different. His was that, I have no doubt that no matter what it takes, I will get out of this difficult situation. And he said, you always look at the ugliest side of it. Don't deny it. But even when you look at that ugly situation, you still believe that you're going to get out of it and not necessarily put a time limit on it, but that you're willing to go through with it no matter what. Wow, that was an amazing answer. So you start with maintain the positive attitude guy, and then you went to the Stockdale example of seeing the ugliest downside that could possibly happen, not putting a time limit on it and sharing that I'm still going to get out of this no matter what. And I love both definitions. I tend to lean towards the second one, that eternal optimism. The optimism is always seeing things through that positive slant. But I call it eternal because to me what it means is 
I will always see things positive. I will always take the challenges that come, anything you would call negative, and I will learn from it. And I'll attempt to view it as a gift. If you're in a hard situation, I want to see, you know, what's the opportunity that's being offered to me so that I can use this to better a situation for myself, for my family, for our community, for the world, for God, for everyone. So I love your first answer and then the second answer. I was wondering where you were going with it. I love it when I get someone on the show that might identify as very cynical or a pessimist. I thought you might have been going there for a second. We might have just added seven more minutes to our discussion. I mean, I, so I appreciate your answer. Number two. <sighs> Number two. Is there a song or a movie that inspires you, that gives you energy that you can share? I don't really like music. So the answer for song is no. Because Silence. music... Peons, that's yeah. what I heard. Silence. <laughs> I don't listen to music okay. at all. I listen to podcasts and audiobooks. <laughs> so movies. Is there a movie that inspires me? There has to be. I love movies. Sometimes I draw a blank. That's the pressure of the lightning round. What movie? Well, I guess I can go with the simple one. I really like Rocky. Rocky's inspirational. He's a down and out guy. He had an opportunity and he stepped through that door and he took the opportunity. Awesome. Awesome. We may have to call this the lightning slash maple syrup round, the, the lightning molasses round, because it can go fast or it can go slow. Either way. With me, it's always going to be slow because my mind sometimes takes a while to get rolling. Hey, like you said earlier, that was the one thing that you would go back and tell youthful Casey back in the day, just take your time, patience, slow down a little bit. Right. Slow is smooth, smooth is fast, take your time. So this is good. All right, well then the next one, the last question, what might be one to three books or audiobooks that have impacted you in your life in some way, Casey? The, a really good business book is good to great. Highly recommend that very solid on there's some great principles in business for that book the hedgehog principle which is find the one thing that you can do better than anyone else in the world and do that focus on the one thing really solid awesome thank you it's been a real pleasure and a treat i've really enjoyed our discussion you've given us some laughs you've given us some really good wisdom in building businesses and knowing about discipline you've given us a lot that I thank you and appreciate you for it, Casey. So I'm your host, Matt Trinka on the Eternal Optimist podcast. And we're going to sign off here in a moment. Before we do, I'm going to give Casey the last word, improv, whatever's on your mind, Casey. Well, Matt, just thank you for having me. It has been a privilege to meet you and have this conversation. And I hope that people listening will get something of it that they can take with and run with it. Thanks for listening to the Eternal Optimist podcast. You can check the show notes for information about today's episode. And please share the show with that friend who is wanting to think bigger. We'll see you next time.